Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the JRPG Report. This will be episode 215, and my name is Dalton Suter. And uh, we got uh, quite a few things to talk about this week, so let's just uh, roll right into it, shall we? And I'm going to start you all off with this news, and now this is pretty impressive to me. Tales of Arise sales have passed 2 million in total. Uh, Tales of Arise hit another milestone, Bandai Namco announced as it passed the 2 million mark. As a reminder, it did hit 1.5 million sales back in October of 2021, and there is a new art of Doalim and Kisara to celebrate the occasion. Here's the official announcement regarding the new Tales of Arise sale figures. Uh, pairing the characters with the figures is something of a trend. Character designer Minoru Iwamoto drew Alfin and Shione, apologies if I'm not saying those correctly, on the 1 million sales announcement, uh, Rinwell and Law appeared in the 1.5 art. So if you'd like to see this art that they shared, uh, it is on their Twitter, at Tales of Series. It's really quite pretty. I like it with the fireworks going off in the background and stuff. It's, it's really a quite a lovely image. Uh, as for actual Tales of Arise sales, it is actually reduced at two places right now. Uh, the Golden Week sale over the Microsoft Store uh, means all versions of the game are reduced at the moment. You can get the base version for Xbox consoles for $41.99, and that lasts until May 5th. So you have until... Ooh, no, that is until tomorrow when this releases. Oh, that's sad. Well, at the time you're hearing this, this this will be over, unfortunately. But why wouldn't they Why wouldn't they go till Friday? Ah, it seems weird to me. Seems strange. But what do I know? <laughs> it's like uh, the games are also reduced at GameStop. New and pre-owned copies of the ps4 and ps5 copies are marked down and it looks like the ps5 copies are 31.75 and used ones are 29.99 and on ps4 it is 36.99 and 34.99 respectively huh interesting that the ps4 copy costs more than the ps5 strange very strange up next we got uh monster hunter rise sunbreak may 2022 digital event uh, they released the date that this will be happening. Uh, Capcom has confirmed the date for the next Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak digital event, which was previously only slated for May 2022. The stream will air simultaneously on Twitch and YouTube on May 10th, 2022 at 7 a.m. PDT, 10 a.m. EDT. The expansion's director, Yoshitake Suzuki, We'll reveal a new promotion trailer, more monsters, new actions for the hunters, and other gameplay features. The company has also published a teaser trailer for the upcoming Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak digital event, which you can find on their YouTube channel. The Japanese press release provided more details about the upcoming event. The pre-recorded stream will run for approximately 15 minutes. It will also have a segment dedicated to Malzano, the flagship monster of Sunbreak. So yeah, uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. And it says that Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak will be available for Nintendo Switch PC on Steam on uh, June 30th, 2022. So Monster Hunter fans, you don't have that much longer to wait. And in some Legend of Heroes news, Kiro Nokoseki announced for PS5 and PC. 
Neon Falcom announced that Legend of Heroes Kiro no Kiseki will release for the PlayStation 5 in Japan on July 28th, 2022. This version of the game will support 4K resolution and 60 frames per second and will have several quality of life features. It will also allow PlayStation 4 users to transfer their save data from the PlayStation 5 version of the game. Or, I'm sorry, to the PlayStation 5 version of the game. Consumers who already own the PS4 version of The Legend of Heroes Kiro no Kiseki can upgrade to the PS5 version for 110 yen, which is about a dollar. Additionally, The Legend of Heroes Kiro no Kiseki will release on PC on July 27th, 2022. As mentioned previously, the PlayStation 5 release of... Kiro no Kiseki will feature several quality of life updates. This includes the implementation of a high speed function. This can be adjusted to change the speed of both battle systems individually. Uh, additionally, players will be able to adjust the size of in-game text, and the PlayStation 5 version of the game will also feature an archive and a glossary. And it, Let's see. Regarding the PC version of the game, it will not feature English or Japanese language support. However, have language support for chi- traditional Chinese and Korean Japanese audio will be available. That's that's interesting. Huh. Uh, the, yeah, it will be available for the PlayStation 4 in Japan uh, with a PlayStation 5 release scheduled for July 28th, 2022 and a PC version July 27th, 2022. So fingers crossed that that does get the English translation uh, eventually and brought over here because, I mean, from everything I've heard about this series, uh, it's fantastic. You know, I mean, I've only played the the first Trails in the Sky, and I loved that game. So, I I really hope that you know this gets brought over for all you fans because I know people are pining for it, you know, James included. <laughs> um, let's see, Magma Lord. Oh, I'm sorry, Magma. Why did I say Magma? Maglum Lord. PC release date announced. The D3 publisher announced that Maglum Lord will release for PC on May 30th, 2022. The game is immediately available to wishlist through Steam. However, D3 publisher has yet to reveal how much the PC version of Maglum Lord will cost. That said, the Steam page reveals that it intends to have quote-unquote bundles available to the consumers. Additionally, the Special Pack DLC original soundtrack will be available to obtain through Steam. The PC version of the game will have English traditional Chinese, Japanese, and Korean language support. However, it will only have Japanese audio options. More information about the PC version will appear in the future. Maglum Lord is an action RPG with dating elements. Players assume the role of a demon lord that has reawakened after years of slumber to learn that their kind has neared extinction. A handful of characters are available for the player to romance and eventually marry. Players will also have access to a weapon crafting system. This allows them to make weapons of their choosing with decorations adding more buffs to individual weapons. Oh, that sounds fun. I love a good weapon crafting system. Another unique feature is the player's character's ability to turn into a weapon to be used by the character they take into the main story quests and submissions with them. Okay, I'm sold. I'm sold. That sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, Maglum Lord is available for Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 with a PC release scheduled for May 30th, 2022. Definitely going to have to keep my eye out for that. If anybody has played that on the Switch or the PS4, please uh, send me a tweet, write me on Facebook, send an email. I would really like to know <laughs> how that how that game is. Uh, some more Legend of Heroes news. Uh, the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel and Trails into Reverie complete box set announced. And this is another one that I think is not scheduled to release over here in the States yet, but hopefully it will get a release because this is really, really cool. 
Neon Falcom announced that it will release the Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, 1 through 4, and Trails into Reverie complete box for PlayStation 4. It will release on July 28th, 2022 in Japan and will feature a total of five titles. The physical edition will cost 15,000 yen or $114, while the digital edition will cost 14,500 yen or $110. Both versions are available to pre-order now. The physical edition will come with a special box with a special numbered card and various pre-order bonuses are available through individual Japanese retailers. Alongside in the announcement of this bundle, Neon Falcom shared a trailer and the trailer provided a brief look at the five titles including in, included in the complete box and you can watch the trailer on, uh, let's see, I will share this out on the Twitter. I'll share this article so everyone can come and watch this trailer if you would like. It is all in Japanese, but there are some cool visuals. I will give it that. In February 2020, Clouded Leopard announced that it would be bringing all of the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel games to Steam. Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4 was also made available to purchase through the Epic Game Store. And this, this box set will be coming out in Japan July 28th, 2022, but there is no word yet of a potential Western release for the collection. So cross your fingers for that, because that would be cool. That would be something that I could, I could buy that and then have all of them. You know what I mean? Like, that would be so cool. I, I would really like that. Oh, up next we got some Xenoblade Chronicles 3 news. Two more characters have been introduced. Nintendo has revealed two more characters in the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 cast, and while they aren't party members, they'll serve important roles into the story. One is the Kiev's commander, Ethel, and she is the one who dubs Noah and his allies monsters in the game's introduction. The other is Gwanika Vandham, I think I, I think I said that right. <laughs> While not as much is known about him, he is the one who directs the group to a location that sounds like one from the past Xenoblade Chronicles games. And they have put out some tweets, Nintendo of America have, uh, about these characters, showing some screenshots of them. If you'd like to go and check them out over at Nintendo Europe and at Nintendo America, uh, either one of those, they've both shared pictures of these characters. Uh, most of the past characters discussed ahead of the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 folks involved playable party members. But Nintendo went over Keeves, Noah, and Agnes Mio group. For example, we learned their voice actors and such. Wow. That's that a strange sentence to just have in this article. <laughs> and the company has also shown off their Ouroboros units. And the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 will come to Nintendo Switch on July 29th, 2022. All right, and up next, the Golden Week sale. If you have been taking advantage of the Golden Week sale, uh, then you are you might already know this, but you have until May 6th um, for the Square Enix sale is that is going on. Square Enix is hosting its yearly Golden Week sale on the Square Enix online store. This year's discounted lineup includes games and merchandise from the Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy series, as well as Near Replicant. The company is also selling vinyl records of music from Final Fantasy XIV at discount prices, and the Golden Week sale will run until May 6th, so when you're hearing, if you're hearing this on the day of release, you have until tomorrow uh, in North America, and the discounted items will vary upon the region. For games, Square Enix is offering a variety of games ranging from 25% to 50% off the base price. These include Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, Kingdom Hearts All-in-One Package, and Kingdom Hearts 3. Other games include the recently released Guardians of the Galaxy and Near Replicant Remaster. And it looks like you can get uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory for the Switch and PS4 for $19.99. The Kingdom Hearts All-in-One Package for PS4 for $29.99. The Kingdom Hearts 3 Standards Edition for PS4 and Xbox One for $9.99. 
wow, that's a really good price for Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Near Replicant version version point one point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine standard edition for PS4 and Xbox One is nineteen ninety nine. Guardians of the Galaxy for PS5, PS4, and Xbox One twenty nine ninety nine. And the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Edition is P- is forty nine ninety nine for PS5 and PS4. And separately, Square Enix is now selling Kingdom Hearts merchandise as part of the series twentieth anniversary. And this, yeah, this runs until May 6th. So you have just a little bit of time left. But if you want to hop in there at the, at the end and see, see what you can snag before it's over, you know, I say go for it. Up next, I'm not really sure how much this is news, but this jumped out to me just because I love the series. The Neptunia series character poll results revealed. Compile Hearts has revealed the results of the Neptunia series character poll held in March 2022. The Japanese website listed the top 30 rankings for each of the call or for each of the 10 questions. The series protagonist Neptune, her sister Nefgear, and the protagonist Noir appear frequently in the top rankings. We have also compiled uh, they have compiled in this site the top 3 results for each poll below. So I'll read through these quickly and maybe we'll get a good giggle. Uh, which character would you want to Nepnep? Uh, Neptune got number 1, number 2 is Nefgear. And number three is Noir. Uh, and I think by Nep-Nep, they just mean being Neptune-ish. And if you play the games, you know what that, like, just very over the top. Um, which character would you like to befriend? Number one is Neptune. Number two is Noir. Number three is Nepgear. Uh, which character would you want to have as a younger sister? Number one, Nepgear. Number two, Uni. And number three, Rom. Which character do you believe is the true protagonist? Number one is Neptune. Number two is Nepgear. And number three is Kampa. And then the, the one other they have here before it says to go and read the rest of the list on their website is which character's way of life do you admire? Number one is Purple Heart with Neptune. Number two is Orange Heart with Uzume. And number three is Black Heart with Noir. I, I can't recommend the Neptunia series enough. They're just hilarious, hilarious little JRPGs, uh, fourth wall breaking stories that's just full of good humor and it's a good lighthearted time. I just, I really can't recommend it enough. For uh, for all you Genshin Impact players, the Marvelous Merchandise event is going to return soon. Uh, players can receive various rewards through event participation, including Primo Gems, Mora, Hero's Wit, and Mystic Enhancement War. The event will begin on May 6th and last until May 15th, 2022. However, there are some prerequisites players will need to meet in order to participate. Players will need to at least be rank uh, Adventure Rank 12 in Genshin Impact in order to take part in the Marvelous Merchandise event. The event will have players collecting boxes of marvels to deliver to Liven, who is recorded in, who is located in Mondstadt. Additionally, the official website reveals key details about the event. This includes mention of rewards differing for players depending on their individual game progress. That said, players will be able to preview the contents of the boxes of marvels before opening them. After exchanging five boxes of marvels, a mega box of marvels will be available to players and it will yield the aforementioned rewards. In April 2022, MiHoYo announced that Genshin Impact version 2.7 would not be appearing in May. Uh, the developer announced that the update had been delayed with promises to compensate players in the future. So you can play Genshin Impact on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, PC, Android, and iOS. And it is in development for the Switch. And speaking of it being on Android and iOS, uh, Genshin Impact has made over $3 billion 
from the mobile versions. Uh, that is just something I wanted to throw in there quickly. That is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Uh, I play Genshin Impact. Personally, I have not spent any money on it, uh, and I still have a good time with it, but I get the appeal of, you know, and I also get that the, the gambling aspect of it. So I try not to spend money on it because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But for just being like an, a little open world RPG that I go around and, you know, play around and destroy some enemies and I have a good time in it. All right. Kingdom Hearts postcards with Tetsuya Nomura art will appear in October. Even more Kingdom Hearts merchandise is on the way to celebrate its 20th anniversary, and the newest items are postcards with Tetsuya Na- I almost said Nakamura. That is not right. Tetsuya Nomura art on them. There are three sets total, each with seven cards. Square Enix is taking orders for the 1999 collection. Okay, so it's $19.99. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Uh, they're expected to ship in October 2022. And they have posted pictures of these sets A and B and C. And I will share this article. So if any of you would like to come and check these out, these may uh, you know jump out to you as something you'd want to get for some art maybe to hang up or just keep them around. They look really cool. This, uh, I wish I could draw that well. I wish, <laughs> I wish I was that good of an artist for sure. And speaking of Kingdom Hearts merchandise, they also have uh, the 20th anniversary pin sets coming out, which also look incredible. Um, Square Enix opened free orders for its two Kingdom Hearts 30th anniversary pin sets. I believe that meant 20th anniversary. Yeah, I think that's just a, a typo in the. Yeah, each one is priced at $134.99. Both are expected to launch in January 2023. In each case, you'll get 11 pins inspired by different entries and characters in the series. Both involved a book-shaped case that can be used to hold them and display them. The first volume pins all feature key art from different Kingdom Hearts installments. Each one features a different frame around the image. Also, there is, uh, there is also a heart with the 20th anniversary logo which is cool. The heart is all it looks golden and the 20 is all gold and stuff. It looks very pretty. Uh, the volume two pins focus on individual characters. Each one, uh, each one shows one of the quote unquote stars of that entry, as well as a year underneath indicating when the game came out. While these tend to be of Sora, characters like Aqua and Ephemer appear too. The 11th pin here is a crown with the 20th anniversary logo on it, which is also gold and awesome looking. <laughs> I love Kingdom Hearts. I just, I, I nerd out about this kind of stuff. These are only two of many pieces of merchandise designed to celebrate Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary with new figures on the way. Two Tamagotchi Nano models are in the works and Super Groupies are working on new jackets and watches as well. And I mean Super Groupies, the company, not not that, I mean, I'm sure the game does have Super Groupies. Oh, well, you guys know what I mean. The Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary pen sets volume one and two are expected to appear in January 2023. Kingdom Hearts 4 is in development and Kingdom Hearts the Missing Link mobile games closed beta will be held in fall of 2022. All right, and Final Fantasy, well, <laughs> take two. Final Symphony will play Final Fantasy music again in 2023. Final Symphony will return. Square Enix announced that it's bringing back the concert that focuses on Final Fantasy music. For the first time since 2018, it will be back. This time, it will be held at 3 p.m. BST on April 16th, 2023 in Birmingham, England. The City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra, 
will be performing the pieces. When people can buy tickets to the performance depends on if they are CBSO members or not. If someone is, then you can get your tickets at 10 a.m. BST on May 18th, 2022. If not, folks can start buying them on May 25th, 2022 at 10 a.m. BST. Depending on where you sit, it'll cost between 26 pounds or roughly $32 and 56 pounds or roughly $70. As in the past, Final Symphony will feature music from Final Fantasy VI, VII, and X. The schedule noted it will begin the series with opening fanfare. From there, it will go into FF6 songs with symphonic poem, uh, Born with the Gift of Magic. After that, there will be the FF10 piano concerto. And finally, it will close with Final Fantasy VII's symphony in three movements. When Square Enix announced that the return of the Final Fantasy music performances, it referred to it as a tour. However, the only Birmingham perform only the Birmingham performance was mentioned. During the last tour, which happened in 2018, people were able to see concerts in Australia, Austria, and Germany. So that will be April 16th, 2023 that that concert will be happening. That'd be very cool for our uh, over in our in you know, our Europe listeners. That would be really cool. Uh, I would love to hear about people who have been to these shows or want to go. I can only imagine how cool it would be to sit there and hear a symphony play out the Final Fantasy music that you always heard in the games and you're getting to hear it live. Oh, I love music, so that would just be so cool to me. And speaking of music, tickets for Persona Super Live 2022 are going on sale. It seems that Persona Super Live Peace Sound Wish 2022 concert won't just be for fans located in Japan. Atlas West confirmed that fans in select regions around the world will be able to tune in for a live stream of the Persona event and enjoy the music that way in lieu of going overseas. According to a tweet from the official account, streaming tickets for Persona Super Live 2022 are now on sale on the official PIA website. So I will retweet this tweet so you guys can check this out if you'd like. Artists like Lin, Ine, Lin Inezumi, Lotus Juice, and Shoji Meguro will perform on both days. The concert will feature music from across the series, particularly Persona 5 Royal, Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5 Strikers. The tickets go for about $34 each, and they operate on a live pay-per-view basis. The Persona 5, or, no, I'm sorry, the Persona Super Live Peace Sound Wish 2022 will stream live on October 8th, 2022 and October 9th, 2022 in Japan time zones. Archives will be available until October 17th, 2022. It'll stream via the ULIZA video streaming platform and viewers that buy a ticket will receive a URL to watch the concert two days before the stream date. There are also regional limitations restricting which countries uh, and territories will be able to stream the Persona Super Live concert. The PIA website states that the concert stream is available in the following countries and regions. It is available in the United States. It is available in uh, the Netherlands, Greece, Germany, Belgium, Romania, Hungary, Denmark, Ireland, Finland, Portugal, UK, Spain, France, Italy, Norway, Czech Republic, Bulgaria, Sweden, Austria, Poland, and Switzerland, India, Malaysia, Hong Kong, the Philippines, South Korea, Singapore, Singapore, wow, Singapore, my goodness, I can't talk today. Taiwan, Australia, Colombia, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain, Israel, South Africa, and Kenya. 
So yeah, there's all over the world, man. If people want to watch it, check it out. Uh, that will be October 8th, 2022 and October 9th, 2022. And the live venue will be located in Makuhari, Mise, Tokyo, Japan. Uh, I know that there are some of the older Persona Super Live concerts on YouTube. And it looks like a blast. A heck of a time. Uh, I really enjoy the the crowd interaction with like these little handheld lamps that they have that change color based on what the colors on the stage are and stuff. It's such a cool visual. Um, maybe I'll post the link of that on Twitter as well to one of the older concerts so you guys can check it out. It's such a cool, just a cool time and such good music. And speaking of Persona, uh, Persona 4 Golden is now Steam Deck Verified. People have another way to enjoy Persona 4 now on a handheld. The Steam listing for Persona 4 Golden confirmed it is now Steam Deck verified, which means it will run completely without any issues on the handheld and is fully supported. To compare, there are other titles that are playable but might not be completely compatible, and many others are still unsupported. This marks the second time it's available on handheld, as we all know that the Persona 4 Golden first debuted on the PlayStation Vita in 2012. Persona 4 Golden is the first Atlas-published PC game to be Steam Deck verified. Catherine Classic, Persona 5 Strikers, and Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster are all also available on the storefront. All three are still listed as unsupported for the Steam Deck, though. However, a number of other games published by Sega are already running on the Steam Deck, and let's see if any of these are some Japanese games that would jump out to me. We have... Uh, Valkyria Chronicles and Valkyria Chronicles 4 and then it looks like the Yakuza games Yakuza 0, Yakuza Kiwami 1 and 2 Yakuza 3 Remastered and Yakuza Like a Dragon oh and Bayonetta okay so yeah there's a bunch of games that are starting to work on Steam I'm glad that the Steam Deck is panning out to be a good thing you know people were very worried about that at first but I think that it's a it's gonna be a good thing so Iwadin Chronicles Rising is coming to Xbox Game Pass. And I was like, oh, well, that's really cool. Uh, not much information about this, but I just wanted to let everyone know that that will be available on Game Pass uh, May 10th, 2022, as, alongside uh, Danganronpa 2, if that's a game that interests you. Uh, those will both be available on Game Pass May 10th, 2022. So Final Fantasy eleven. Square Enix announced will have an anniversary live stream held on May 8th, 2022. This Final Fantasy XI live stream is being held to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the MMORPG. I cannot believe that I first played this game 20 years ago. That is mind-boggling to me because <laughs> it's an MMO. Like MMOs just don't generally last that long, and I'm just so impressed that this game is still going. I have my ps2 copy i have my xbox 360 copy and i have it on pc i mean this this game has stood the test of time um this stream will be over five hours long and i'm gonna love every minute of it <laughs> and will feature new information about final fantasy 11 several staff members will appear on the broadcast to talk about their work and share their memories about the development of final fantasy 11 and the live stream will be held on youtube it will begin at 4 45 p.m jst uh, 12.45 a.m. PDT, 3.45 a.m. EDT, and 9.45 a.m. CEST. 
Additionally, uh, Yuito Kimura of Psy Games will appear as a special guest on the live stream. This is because of the Final Fantasy XI and Grand Blue Fantasy crossover event. Players will be able to obtain Final Fantasy XI characters and Grand Blue Fantasy for a limited period of time, and more information about the crossover event will appear in the future. Leading up to the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy XI, Square Enix opened a special website featuring unique artwork to celebrate the MMORPG. Additionally, several interviews have been published sharing the various experiences developers at Square Enix have had with the game. These include an interview with Yosuke Saito, and the producer of the Nier series. Final Fantasy XI is available for PC. At, uh, it's not a console game anymore. It used to be, but it, not anymore. Uh, and it, that live stream will be held again uh, on May 8th, 2022. It looks like uh, some more... Basically, this whole rest, the whole rest of this stuff is basically Square Enix related. <laughs> uh, it looks like Final Fantasy XIV Dragon Song's reprise Ultimate got cleared already. So congratulations to the raid group Neverland cleared the Final Fantasy XIV Dragon Song's reprise uh, Ultimate Raid, which released on April 26, 2022. And since this release, raid groups have been attempting to clear the Ultimate. Uh, it features an alternate telling of the events of the Dragon Song War, which was the major plot point throughout Heavensward expansion. Um, but I'm not going to read this next paragraph because it does have spoilers, and I do not want to ruin that for anyone because Final Fantasy XIV is one of the best Final Fantasy XIV games out there, uh, despite it being an MMO. Its storylines are really good. Um, but yeah, congratulations to the raid group Neverland, man. Being the first, the world first clear, that's always got to be a cool feeling. In other Final Fantasy news, Final Fantasy 16 in final stages of development, says Naoki Yoshida. Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida revealed that the title is in its final stages of development. Yoshida revealed this information in the Final Fantasy 35th anniversary pamphlet that was released as a part of the collaboration with uh, UNIKLO. While touching on the development of Final Fantasy 16, he also reveals that the narrative for the title is fleshed out. Additionally, Yoshida states that the team hopes to deliver a comprehensive and immersive single-player experience. Yoshida also shares that he hopes Final Fantasy 16 will invigorate the passion fans previously had with the series, specifically those that have gravitated away from the Final Fantasy. Uh, you can read a full translation of his comment from the Final Fantasy 35th anniversary pamphlet below, and I will share this picture on the Twitter. Uh, his comment was released in the 35th anniversary magazine. Uh, let's see kind of repeating itself there a little bit. Uh, in December 2021, Yoshida revealed the development of the title had been delayed and that new information would appear in spring 2022. The reason for the delay was due to the ongoing situation surrounding COVID-19. Uh, in a full statement, Yoshida shared details information as to what had been impacted, such as outside development of resources and why updates on the game had gone silent. At the time, he mentioned the team was putting the final touches on cutscenes and refining combat elements for Final Fantasy 16. So fingers crossed that that'll be coming out soon and that it will be awesome. Uh, from everything that I've seen, you know, screenshots and the trailer and stuff, it, it looks awesome. So I just, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, May 2022 Final Fantasy VII Remake Calendar features Red 13. 
I, I suppose that they're just posting, I guess there's a calendar and they're doing a character for each month of the year. Um, and a really cool shot of red 13 on this calendar. I was hoping, uh, when I read through this article earlier, I was hoping that towards the end of it would be more information about, you know, maybe some story about him or maybe part two. Uh, it doesn't look like it though. <laughs> oh, well, but yeah, the calendar looks very cool. If you, uh, if you're interested in that, I would check that out on, uh, I think it was squares Twitter page. That they have been sharing those. Uh, speaking of Final Fantasy 7 the Final Fantasy 7 remake Bright Arts Gallery Cactar and Tonberry will appear in 2023 Square Enix announced two new pieces of Final Fantasy 7 merchandise and this time they feature monsters from the remake they're also a part of an entirely new line of decorations uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake Bright Arts Gallery Cactuar and Tonberry figures are in the works and both are expected to appear in January 2023 each of these figures is going to run you about $39.99, and both are die-cast metal figures. Of the two, the Cactuar is slightly taller, and it will stand at 2.64 inches. The Tonberry will be a little smaller at 2.17 inches, but Square Enix didn't note the exact materials. However, the colors and designs make them exactly resemble the foes in the game, and they look really cool. They're shiny. These almost look like they would make really good Christmas tree ornaments. Uh, Square Enix regularly releases merchandise based on Final Fantasy VII and its remake. For example, uh, one of the most recent items is a Buster Sword alarm clock, and it has different color options to play songs from the game for its alarms. But yeah, keep your eyes out for these little figures in January of next year. If uh, little figurines are your thing, these are adorable. And I think <laughs> that these would go beautifully next to whatever other Final Fantasy merchandise you may have. And to wrap up this week, uh, I saved this one for last because it's only semi uh, JRPG related, but it was big news in the world of gaming. So I wanted to bring it up. And that is that Embracer Group buys Eidos from Square Enix for 300 million USD. I mean, they bought Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal. The three Western studios that Square Enix had, like they bought all of them. Um, formerly known as THQ Nordic, Embracer Group is one of the gaming's industry's biggest holding companies. In recent years, it has grown its umbrella even more through several acquisition sprees. In 2021, it picked up Borderlands and Godfall developer publisher Gearbox for $1.3 billion. By the end of the same year, it had made no less than 37 acquisitions with plans to complete up to 35 more. Its current portfolio includes many well-known gaming brands such as Cock Media, Aspire, 3D Realms, and Slipgate Ironworks. Uh, the Embracer and Eidos deal puts the company into the ultimate charge of Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, and the Legacy of Kane series. Now, Crystal Dynamics was also known to be working with Microsoft on a reboot of an Xbox shooter, Perfect Dark, and a new Tomb Raider game. It and Eidos Montreal also developed Marvel Avengers and Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm just surprised that Square Enix did this. Um, maybe they're going to be focusing more on their Japanese titles now. Um, maybe they got a lot of backlash for their talk of NFTs and stuff from the Western audience. Maybe that's more of an okay thing over overseas. I'm really not sure. Um, 
But for its part, Square Enix stated in its own press release that the transaction would enable it to launch new businesses and move forward with planned investments in fields, including blockchain, AI, and the cloud. Square Enix president Yosuke Matsuda previously spoke positively about NFTs and blockchain-based gaming in his 2022 newsletter. Though the acquisition of Eidos by Engracer Groups represents a spin-off of Square Enix's largest Western studios, Square Enix will continue publication of its overseas-developed franchises like Just Cause, Outriders, and Life is Strange. Man, I hope Square Enix doesn't start including NFTs and stuff in their games. Oh, Lord. Uh, That's just not good for anybody. Just not good for anybody. (laughs) Uh, Well, that about wraps it up for news. I did want to point out, um, or not point out, but I wanted to, you know, bring up that uh, me and James have swapped over the Patreon now. So I am in charge of the Patreon um, over on patreon.com slash JRPG report. And I would really appreciate, you know, the support. Um, Currently, I have been out of work due to being... uh, you know, let go during COVID and yada, yada, yada. Don't want to get into all of that. So, but any of the extra support, um, very, very, very much helps me, um, keep the lights on and things like that. Uh, but I am also going to try to start doing some more over there for you guys, um, to make it more worth the while. Um, I'm going to try to maybe we talked about doing some like music discussion stuff on there. Um, I made a discord for the Patreon members. If you want to come join the little JRPG report town, uh, there is a link on the Patreon for that. And any, any level of the Patreon gets access to all of this, by the way, just if your, your level of support just depends on how much you feel like supporting the show. Um, I don't want to gatekeep stuff more. You know, so if like, if you donate at all, you're getting everything. Um, so we got, I'm going to try to do uh, some let's plays. So there are a lot of classic, old JRPG games and even some of the newer JRPG games that I haven't played that I I've always meant to play and just haven't gotten around to it. And what a better opportunity for me to play them than to do some let's plays and put them up on there for you guys to enjoy. Um, I'm going to like have you guys, like, you know, help me choose what games to do and stuff. It's just, I'm trying to make it a more inclusive thing over there. Uh, bang for your buck, if you will. So um, please come check us out. If you feel uh, like donating, I believe $2 is the lowest tier and any, any little bit is appreciated. And I'm also going to name the Patreons at the end of every episode. I'm, on, I'm not going to do last names uh, just be, just because of privacy and stuff, but I would like to give a shout out um, to our patrons, Kim C, Jake W, Jordan K, Tara, Kularian and Taylor F. You guys rock. I really appreciate you guys. Um, Thank you for sticking around with the switch over and all of that. Uh, I I'm going to continue to try to do my best for everyone, not just the patrons for everyone. I'm going to try to continue to do my best and keep, keep the news going and keep us having a good time. <laughs> um, but yes, anyway, enough of that. If you would like to follow the show over on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash JRPG report. Uh, if Twitter is more of your thing, you can find me at JRPG Report or at SuperNerd Dalton. And uh, yeah, if you want more of uh, my lovely voice, <laughs> even though I don't hear it, people tell me it's lovely. I just I just hear it as my voice. But if you'd like to hear more of me talking um, on a show that is not, uh, it's more PG-13 
than this show is. Uh, definitely have some hard R sections. Uh, my PC gaming podcast, the Steam Machine podcast, over me and my buddies Nate and Willie, the Destructo Bros. We go through and play through my uh, my PC backlog because there's a lot of games on my PC backlog. Um, and you know, if you're into more R-rated stuff, I do uh, Yaps Pod. But if if you're interested in that. Yeah, message message me and I'll I'll, I'll point you in that right direction because <laughs> this is a family friendly show. I uh, I'm not going to even plug the name of that podcast here. But anyways, enough of the plugs. Enough about me. Thank you all for being so wonderful and tuning in to this wonderful wonderful episode 215 of the JRPG Report. I've had a good time doing it. I hope you all have a good time listening to it. And I want you all to get back out there and level up.